Jesus said, if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. We want to give you the opportunity, if you've never stood and confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior before men, today that opportunity to do that. So just where you are right now, if you want to stand and acknowledge the fact that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, would you just stand up and speak that out in a loud voice? Go for it. <laughs> Jesus yes. Christ is my Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. Speak is it my before Lord men. Savior. I want to hear you. Speak it before men. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is my Amen. Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Are you Amen. done? I'm done. All right. I'm fired up. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. That, we appreciate I you was glad there. when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 That mom right there told me a minute ago, she said, my five-year-old says, the best day of the week, mom, is Sunday when <laughs> I get to go to church, get to come to the house of the Lord. That's Amen. right. Amen. Okay, but now that, that, uh, that opens this discussion up this morning for something that, that um, we hope it ends up being encouraging, we hope that it ends up being challenging, but here, here's, here's the topic, the church that Jesus builds, the church that Jesus builds. We, we have been in uh, ministry um, for a long time. Now she, you know, we married when she was two, you know, so I'm, I'm much older than she is, obviously. But, but we, we've been married and we've been involved in ministry since the time, actually before we were married. And I think we can both say to you, and that's why this is very pertinent for us at this point in time, we've seen some things called church that were anything but the true church. We've also seen some things in maybe some unusual settings and places we wouldn't have expected it, but also in places where you would hope you would find it, things that really were expressive of what the Scripture would indicate is the true church, the true church. Now, starting Wednesday night, we, we want to invite you and those of you who are in San Antonio and can come to the campus here on 35, 6.30, Wednesday nights for the next few weeks, several weeks maybe, as we step into this a little more deeply and just hearing some of our stories, but some of the scriptures that we've come to feel like really are relevant to this matter of the church that Jesus builds, not a church that men build or that culture would identify necessarily, but the church that that Jesus builds. 6.30, we'll, we'll gather, we'll have some time of fellowship around the tables in the fellowship hall, and then at 7 o'clock on these next Wednesday nights, we'll, we'll stream what we're doing here. We'll, we'll have some time of teaching, Shirley and I doing this together if we're still getting along by Wednesday night, which <laughs> I hope we will be, uh, for these next weeks, and, and we'll be streaming it, 
and would encourage you. Our streaming Alamo City families scattered all over the place. We just really are praying that this will be a blessing and encouragement to you where you are. If you have some folks that, you know, that are your people, your people in the Spirit, your people in Jesus, and you'd like to get together on the Wednesday nights, come and just take over a table in the fellowship hall or or gather in your home or someplace where you'd be able to watch and be a part of this together. The, the goal is that we really, it, it drops 18 inches, it sinks down deep within us, that the real church is what happens out away from this building that can be called the church. That it's out where you are, where you live, where you work. And the Lord has his people everywhere. And when he starts connecting us by his spirit, not just by the name of the denomination on the church, but when he draws us by his spirit together, it's going to happen all over the place. And that's when it seems that what the Lord is really wanting, we believe, to see happen in a community, in a city, those things can happen in the homes and in the parking lots and in the office buildings and in the places where we, where we live, right? Mm -hmm. so, so that'll be starting this coming Wednesday night, and we'll, we're looking forward to, to that. Okay, can I read this passage of Scripture that talks about the beginning of the church, what Jesus said, this is in Matthew chapter 16, and I wish you would find this, and I want to, I want to read it out loud, and then, then Shirley's going to, to go through something that the Lord just really spoke to her heart that has impacted our lives together several years ago, a couple of decades ago, actually, but we have seen these things happen um, really in vivid detail as the time has gone by. So this is Matthew chapter 16, and... Um, Let's look at verse 13 and read our way down through some of these words. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, saying, Who do people say that the Son of Man is, speaking of himself? Son of Man being one of his names. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, what you just said. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, a stone, a rock. And upon this rock, different word, slab of rock, stratum of rock, upon this big rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not overpower it. Upon this rock of revelation to you, Peter, that I, Jesus, am the Christ, the Son of the living God, on the basis of that massive stratum 
of declared truth to your heart, I will build my church. The central figure, the central person, the central loyalty is to Jesus, the Christ, the Son of a living God, and that is only made possible when somehow the Spirit of the Father reveals to you and to me individually who Jesus really is. Mm -hmm. Upon the basis of that, I will build my church. But the word church is not in the text, it's the word ecclesia, and that word means one's called out from and called to something, and Shirley, why don't you pick it up at that point? We'll come back to Matthew 16. About, uh, it was the end of 1999, the end of the last century, actually. The mm. last Sunday of that year, uh, in this building, right over here at the front, uh, David had called us uh, to cluster in groups and pray during the service that morning for other congregations in the city. And so as we were praying for other churches and ministries of pastors and pastor's wives that I love, as we were doing that in that little circle, very clearly to my spirit, and this was very unusual for me, but very clearly to my spirit, I heard two distinct phrases. The first being, the age of the church is coming to an end. And the second was, out of Egypt, I'm calling my bride. Now, I know this probably sounds strange, and you might even be thinking, well, were you back at the back sipping too much of the Lord's Supper juice or what? <laughs> but, but that was very clear to my heart. The Scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 20, that we are not to despise prophetic utterances, um, words that, we, that come from the Lord. It says, despise not prophetic utterances, but then it says, test all things or prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. When someone comes or we feel like we have a word that maybe God has spoken to our heart, that's what we're supposed to do with it. We're not supposed to set it aside or treat it lightly. But at the same time, we're not just supposed to take it on carte blanche. Oh, well, this, this, you know, God is going to be offended if I question what's been spoken to my heart. Or God is going to be offended if somebody else feels like they have a word for me and they say it. I'm supposed to just take it. No, that's not what the scripture says. It says you don't despise it, but at the same time, you don't have to take it carte blanche. You're to prove it. You're to test it. Mm. You're to see if it lines up with the written word of God. Mm. Uh, this is a standard for us for all of the other things that we feel like the Lord might speak to our hearts. And so that's what I did with this. The age of the church is coming to an end. I went back to the Lord and I went, Lord, was that really you? I mean, in Ephesians chapter 5, the scripture says of husbands loving their wives as what? As Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So I said, Lord, is this really you? Because the scripture says that you love the church and you gave yourself for her. 
And to my spirit, I was prompted to go to the dictionary. Go to the dictionary and look at the meaning of the word church. Mm -hmm. So I did that. I went and found the dictionary. I opened it up. And I realized at the beginning of a really good dictionary, it's going to give you not only the definition of the word, but it's going to tell you the history of the word, where the word came from originally. And the word church goes back to a German word, Kirk, and it goes back farther than that. It, it goes back in this dictionary. It took it all the way back to the Greek, which went back to the word kurios, which means master or lord. Master or lord. Jesus is supposed to be master or lord, not the church. Mm. It, mm. It, it, there's, a, there's a difference between those two, a, a radical difference between those two. Jesus is supposed to be the one that we get permission from before we do things, not the church elders or the body or, or the denomination, um, but it's supposed to be Jesus, Jesus being lord, not the church. David mentioned the word ecclesia. The Greek word ecclesia is what's used in the scripture in that in Matthew 16 where Jesus says, uh, upon this rock I will build my church. The word that's used there for the, the Greek word was ecclesia, which is a word that means the called out ones. Whereas when I was looking in my dictionary at the definition for the word church, the first thing that comes up in the English dictionary isn't called out ones. That's not even mentioned. What's mentioned is a building, right. a place, right. a system. And, and the amazing thing about that is that if you were to take a survey of, of pastors across the United States, what you would probably find which rests on the shoulders of the pastor as he comes to preach on Sundays, is how are we going to pay for the mortgage? How are we going to pay the bills for this building and what goes on here? Not, Lord Jesus, what is it that you're saying that you want to say to the people that might make them offended, that may, might not make them give as much as they've given in the past? And so seeing that, it just took my breath away to realize that perhaps this was a word from the Lord, the Lord saying, the age of the church, the, the building, the system, being the master over the people is coming to an end. Out of Egypt, I'm calling my bride. So when the system, when the system, part of which can be buildings, part of which can be uh, organizations within a church, hierarchy, leadership hierarchy, all of that. When those things, the opinions of those things or the pressure created by, by those things ends up taking the place of Jesus as the master, then something is massively out of order. If Satan who is a religious spirit, he comes to church, he knows every verse in this, and he knows, he knows how it's supposed to work, and he's the master of substitution. If he can substitute a building for Jesus, if he can substitute a system 
that can have the ability to say to people who are part of the system, you better stay here because your salvation, you're getting to heaven is tied to your affiliation here or your participation here, then the leadership has, has the ability to hold fear, an oppressive taskmaster fear over the ones who were a part of the system. Out of Egypt, I'm calling my bride out of Egypt. Egypt is symbolic of the life before Jesus and life without Jesus. When Moses went to Pharaoh, he was instructed to say this just about every time there was going to be a plague, a fresh plague announced to get Pharaoh's attention to let, my, let the Lord's people go. The statement was, Moses, you say to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me in the wilderness. Let my people go that they may worship me. In other words, the Lord was in effect saying, I'd rather have my people in the wilderness worshiping me than in a system that interferes with me. What we feel like we need to say to our brothers and sisters in Jesus, you may have found your place in a, in a church, in a system. Many, all of us in, in some way have been affected positively by what has happened within systems, and we can name the denomination, or we could name the building, the location. I came to know Jesus as a young boy in vacation Bible school at the Pinewood Park Baptist Church in Longview, Texas, you know, decades ago. But but I was changed, and, and, and I knew that Jesus came to live within my heart. So there have been many good things, and there are many good things that can happen within a system or within a building. But when those systems and those faces and those opinions and the, 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 the verdicts handed down at times tend to take the place of the heart of Jesus for you the lover of your soul, the one who knows that when we're cast down, we're not going to fall headlong because he's the one who's got our hand. That when, when we, we, we hear the system louder than the voice of Jesus to our hearts, then it's something massively is wrong. We're saying to brothers and sisters in Jesus, you love Jesus. You know Jesus, but you may have had your heart broken by something called the church that is not the church. Mm -hmm. do, can you all say, talk back to us a little bit this morning? <laughs> that some of the places you can get gutted, get hurt the most are in settings that are supposed to be a place of life and help and hope, but it ends up being the reversal, and it ends up being that you're not hearing the love of God and the mercy of God and the hope of God, you're hearing condemnation and that you're so broken, nothing can ever fix you. And so we hear that, we get that confused with the voice of the Lord, and so we check out. We check out. There's some of you listening to this this morning, and you have checked out on the church, but you have not checked out on the one whom you know as your Savior and as your Lord. It, it, is, it is to that group that we're wanting to say, what hurt you 
what spoke judgment to you, what gave you a sense of no future or whatever it was, that was not the true church of Jesus Christ. That is a man-made, man-created, man-sustained system that is not true of this ecclesia, these ones knowing Jesus, called out, called to him, and the unity that is formed from there, if it is not to be anything else, it is to be an expression of the heart and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every denomination, every denomination, pick it, name it, name yours, every denomination is to bow its knee to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to just say this to you. If you've checked out on the church, some of you needed to check out on the church that you were exposed to. You needed to leave it. You needed to recognize, Lord, I don't sense your presence there. Lord, I don't sense life there. Leave it. But the, the system will say, you leave this place and you're going to lose your salvation. You leave this place and you're... And they try to pile guilt. It's because if they can keep you there, they can keep you in some way facilitating the system. Jesus didn't come to set up a system. He didn't even come to rescue the Jewish system. He called his people out from a system that was decadent and bankrupt. Amen. Out of Egypt, I'm calling my bride. And that word that's used, the difference between the word church and ecclesia, church in the dictionary is defined a lot of times by a place or a building and going back farther than something that's lorded over you or ma mastered over you, that there's this hierarchy that's going to tell you what you need to do, how you need to live, uh, how to get close to God because you're not able to do that on your own. How different, how different than the word that Jesus used right. in Matthew 16 when he said to Simon, nobody else, Simon Peter, nobody told you this. You didn't have to have a priest or a pastor or a doctor high voltage tell you who I was, but my father himself from heaven revealed it revealed to you. It. And, and he says, upon this I'm right. going to build my, and the word is ecclesia, which literally meant called out ones. Yeah. Yeah. That, that ones yeah. that had heard the call from heaven personally, revelation personal. Like, like you're not going to tell me more about my mama than I know about my mama, kind of personal. I know it because I know it because I know it. I know Jesus, yes. that personal. Called out ones. <laughs> Upon this revelation, Jesus says, I'm going to build something out of these ones that all have that same recognition of we, we've got this from heaven, straight from heaven to our own spirits. And then, then ecclesia in the, in the Greek What's the word? Well, he, Jesus, didn't, Jesus didn't use a religious word. He yeah. didn't use a Jewish word for what he was calling out or for what he was going to build. He used a word that would have been known in the, in the Greek culture from the standpoint of it being a word that spoke of some sort of civil government established in a locality 
made up of, and this is key, made up of free men, free women, not, not bound to anything, but free men and women who would, be, who would volunteer to be a part of a group that would collectively decide uh, rules for the social order in the community, rules and, and governance for the community. He, he said, he, by using that word, he was meaning, I'm not, I'm not looking for a bunch of slaves to other things to be a part of this called the ecclesia. Free people, set free by the blood of Jesus, set free by the spirit of Jesus, and who voluntarily, who from their want to, desire to be a part of a group that is under my authority, called to Jesus, voluntarily choosing because you're free to decide, instead of some somebody with a you know with a reverend by his or her name and all of that telling you what to do and telling you what you can't do. Instead, it was it would uh, this the ecclesia is going to be made of people who want to be led by me, who are free to choose. Whenever we lose that sense that we are free to choose, then somewhere the enemy is trying to set up in our way of thinking a taskmaster mentality, an Egypt mentality that is anything but the church, the true church, the ecclesia that Jesus would want us to live by, living. And he also says in, in, that, in that word, he doesn't say, Peter, this is great that this is your revelation. Now you go and you build my church. Yeah. You're going to build my church. Yeah. He, he never relinquished the building to anybody that, else amen. at all. Amen. Yes, 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 that's true. So I've had people say, so, but Pastor, where are we going? You know, where are we going? To which I want to say, I don't know. But what I'm hoping that we're going to be doing is following Jesus. So pray, pray for me. If I'm supposed to give leadership, pray that somehow I'll hear what he wants, not for me to get up and tell you, you know, where we're going as if I've got a clue. He will build the church or it will not be built at all. And I don't care how powerful somebody's anointing may claim to be, only Jesus can build the church. And he will build it on the foundation of people who individually can make that confession because, as Shirley said, they're convinced in their heart, Jesus is my Christ. Jesus is my Savior. A denomination didn't go to the cross. You know, on and on and on. We can, it's, it's Jesus. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. Now, what, what's happening, what we have seen over these last years, like a couple of decades, and you can check the statistics if you're a numbers person, the denominations, the so-called Christian denominations in the United States of America are shrinking, shrinking. Their ability to control masses of people by their edicts or by their statements is diminishing. We have been a part for all of our ministry life of the largest Protestant denomination in the nation, the Southern Baptist Convention. That's all my education is from, all our background is from. 
But in, in the middle of all of that, there would be ones that would teach us and speak to us, and they would, they would, they would emphasize with joy in their heart the lordship of Jesus Christ, the primacy of the Lord Jesus Christ. But even as that would be true in many places and in, in, in many situations, there is something happening across this land that the ability for the Catholics to control their group, the ability for Baptists or Methodists to control their group is shrinking. So where is the church going? Are there not, are there not Christians? There are Christians. There are Christians who are loving Jesus and are finding other Jesus people outside the buildings that they thought it always used to be. We're connecting, we're connecting, we're connecting, we're connecting. It's something the Lord is doing. Out of Egypt, any place where there's been bondage and oppression, he's calling out from that. That's why we're saying you needed to leave some places. You didn't need to be in the church anymore because it wasn't helping you. It wasn't life. So you've come out, and then now what? Well, if you think about it, he still led you to people who know him, who love him. It's quick and easy in your heart to love them. And you, when you get with them, you, you, you can expect that something supernatural might happen as they pray for you or there's something spoken to you or you speak to them. It may have nothing to do with a building that has church on it. It may have nothing to do with a denomination that can take credit for it. It's the Spirit calling you into freedom and the Spirit connecting you with other people who are just as crazy as you are and loving it and loving it. Amen. Okay. And what else? Well, even as you say that, and and uh, the Lord calling us, the difference between the building of a church and the maintaining of a system is radically different than the preparation of a bride. As a woman, I would be totally offended as as to be your bride and to, if you as the groom were more concerned with how many people were coming to the wedding and how fancy the whole thing was going to be rather than just me as a person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's so he, when he uses that description of the bride and, and you mentioned that in Ephesians 5, that the husband is to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. So that, that speak of, speaking of a, of a bride, bridegroom. But then in Revelation 19, the marriage supper of the Lamb, just before Jesus comes with his second coming to this earth, he, there's the description of the, the bride making herself ready. She's clothed in white, which are the righteous deeds of, of the saints. So it, it's a... It, it's, it's a male and female uh, blended together of all the, the ones who've come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord, but we're called bride. Another place we're called the, the body of Christ. But in that case, it's the bride. And, and he, when, when, you, when you let that in, I know this can be a little challenge for, for, for men, guys, to do it, but, but if, we, if we stretch a little bit, we can. And, for, and, and from this standpoint, that, that, that I, you know, I, 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 my heart was to pick you, my, and, and by the grace of God, he caused you to be blind to see what you were getting if you said yes. But I, I was grateful that, that, that she said yes, but I wanted her. I, I didn't want Shirley and 50 other of her closest friends. 
I wanted her as my bride. When the Lord uses that description of who you are to him and you are a part of that, it means he, he, he sees you as desirable. He sees you as the one he wants to spend time with. He sees you as the one he wants the partnership with in your life. It, it, is, a, it is a great joy for that to drop 18 inches and realize that's how he feels toward us. So it would make sense for him to say, out of Egypt, I'm calling my bride. I want her away from, I want her out of all this other stuff that's gotten in the way of and interfered with her relationship just with me. I, I met a, we, we, as you all know, we, we figure out any way we can to get to Montana and, and we'll spend some time there and, in the summer. And, and uh, when Shirley was up there just a, a little bit ago and saw all these hundred and, you know, triple digit figures, she just kept figuring out a way to stay longer up there, you know, and I, and I finally ended up got her handcuffed her, dragged her back, and, and we, we got her home. I came willingly. Yeah, she did. She, it was the grandkids. It was the grandkids. It was not any, But anyway, I, that, that was, there was a man that some years back we, we, we ran into. He was a builder. He built mountain homes, well-known in, in that particular area of, of Big Sky, and, and there was just something about him. There was just something about him. And I felt at one point, standing out on a bluff, looking down at a, at a creek below us and looking at a wilderness out there and, you know, and these, these big fir trees behind us, and, and, and I just felt like, I needed, can you tell me about your relationship with the Lord? Can you tell me? Now, we'd been talking other stuff, but, but there was a sense of a connection with a brother. Somehow we had never identified it, but I felt like I could say that, and I did. Can you tell me about your relationship with the Lord? He turned and looked right at me in the eye, and he said, I can tell you <laughs> that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but I don't seem to fit in many places, which I thought, now that is, that is honesty, and there was life on him, and there was joy, and he could go into how he had come to know the Lord and had been in Bible college for a while and, and been on, in mission stuff. And you would never know that unless he told you. But there was something about the Jesus in him that the Jesus in me picked up on. And so I, I opened the door of that question and, and here he went. I, I can tell you that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where a bunch of folks are listening today. You can say that. But you also can say, but I don't know where I fit in. I have a hard time finding a place to fit in. I just want to say to you, you're not crazy. You're not running from God. You're not backsliding your way to hell. The Lord, for this season in your life, may be drawing you to himself in ways that you've never really known before, but it's not in the context of four or 500 other people and 60 men's Bible studies and 400 mission trips going on all around you. But you know and you know it's a better place than being where I was. Not fitting in, not fitting in in the, in, in the, in the churches that can be around us, not fitting in can be a better thing than trying to force fit. Some of you are miserable. Some of you feel in bondage. Some of you feel you just know, why do I do it? But guilt is keeping you 
involved, check out. Check out. See what happens. And I'd almost be willing to bet you, you're not going to get hit by a bolt of lightning. In fact, on the other hand, it it may just be that you, you get through having to deal with all of that and you find yourself out by yourself or, or with elevation worship or some of our worship from here going on and you're by yourself, but you just sense the life of the Lord rising up in you. That's church. That's church. The other stuff is made up. The other stuff is not real. The other stuff doesn't have life in it. But when you choose, Lord, I want you, and you step into that place and you're willing to let everything else go if you need to, I need you. I want you. He will meet you. And he'll, what he'll do, you may think there's nobody else out there where you can't fit. I'll tell you where you'll fit. You'll fit in relationship with the ones that he brings into your life who may never, ever sit on the pew next to you on a Sunday morning. They may go somewhere else. They may be somewhere else. But you're connected in the Spirit. You find it easy to love them. You find that when you're around them, there's just a sense the Lord's in your midst and he's liable to do anything. You're praying for the sick praying for financial needs, encouraging one another, and you're in the parking lot of a Bill Miller. Church, out of Egypt. I'm calling my bride to myself, to myself, because I love you and I want you, and all this other stuff is of no consequence. I want you. Speaking of the out of Egypt, the, the picture of Egypt was a place of toil in bondage and slavery. And people were used simply for what they could bring. They were only worth what they could pr- produce. Um, and, and many of us have experienced that place where you got into a place of what you thought was ministry and you ministered, but you found yourself burnt out because you were just used. You were used up. And that's not how... The Lord does with the person. A system will do that to you. A system will keep pulling at you, keep pulling at you, keep pulling. You're gasping for air, but they'll keep asking you. They'll keep asking. They'll keep asking. And the guilt, we can feel the guilt. I got to keep doing. I got to keep doing. No, you don't. No, you don't. What are you supporting? Is it Jesus, who's the giver of life, or is it a system? You say, but they know the Bible. The devil can quote the scripture. I'm not saying that everybody. All of this is of the devil, but we've got to separate the precious from the vile. You've got, you got to do a check on your pulse. You've you, you got to check your heart, and you have permission to check your heart. Mm-hmm. Is it life or is it death? Is it bondage or is it freedom? Are you doing it because you want to? You're doing it because you're afraid if I don't, I'm going to be in trouble with God. Lies of the enemy. Lies of the enemy. He'll come to church. He'll come to church. He'll come to church. The devil will come to church. And he will quote scripture and he'll lie to us. You check your pulse. You check your heart. Jesus, I want you. And I'm going for you. And if that means you walk away from some things, then you walk away from some things, but you're walking to somebody. Amen. And the difference there is when the Lord uses someone, it's like Moses when he turned to see the bush that was on fire. The bush was on fire. But the reason he turned was because it was a bush that was on fire and yet not consumed. When God uses a person, he doesn't use them up. 
you're replenished in the doing mm. of what you're doing. You're more refreshed than the person that you're, you're giving to or ministering to right. because you're doing it in the power of his life. And yeah. you're realizing this isn't coming from me. This is God doing it yes. through me. It's yes. the miraculous. And that is where body of Christ, precious brothers and sisters, the church that Jesus builds is a church that operates effectively, passionately, with fire, and at the same time with rest, right. with rest right. in the midst of it. They didn't have a building. Jesus didn't leave them with a building. There was no architect among the 12, okay? He didn't leave a building. He didn't tell them how to buy property. He didn't institute any other system than what we've just been describing. It is one's call to him. The singular loyalty is to Jesus. They had to make the choice to step away from Judaism and what would please the Jewish hierarchy and follow Jesus. But as they did that, they had no building, they had no system, they had Jesus and they had the life of Jesus in each other, and as a result of that, they went on in joy, they went on in strength, and the Lord blessed what they were doing by confirming with signs and wonders the truth of their lives and the truth of their words. You see, we live in a, we live in a day when there can be all kinds of hopes for godliness or indicators of godliness, but no power. That's one of the prophecies regarding the end time, that there will be an indication of godliness, but no power. When prayers go up in the name of Jesus in a parking lot at Bill Miller's, when prayers go up in, in the name of Jesus in your home with ones who are linked in the way that we're talking about, Jesus says in Matthew 16, upon this rock I'll build my church. In Matthew 18, he, he, he makes the comment that if, if we're any, we're two or three of you are gathered together, there I am in the middle of you. And if any two of you agree on anything that they may ask, it will be done for them by my Father. Where two, are you, where two or three of you, I am. And, and that word, I am, that was Yahweh. That was Jehovah. That was what would just make the system Jewish people so mad because Jesus would liken himself to the God of, of the Old Testament, I am. You, Moses, I am that I am. You tell Pharaoh, I am sent you. Jesus comes saying, I am the word, I am the life, I am the hope, I am, I am. <laughs> I mean, listen, when you get, in a, you get in a huddle with two or three folks, and in the middle of the huddle, somehow the sense of the presence of the Lord Jesus shows up in that room, you won't ever even seriously look at going back to a system that has kept you guilty and has kept you working hard with no life in it. Oh, amen. amen. Now, that, that's... This is where we're headed, okay, over these next, we want to talk to you some about, about what this relationship, what this ability to love each other in the power of the Spirit, in the life of the Spirit, to really care for one another. It doesn't mean that you're going to love everybody deeply that could also make the same confession of knowing Jesus. But folks, what will happen is the Lord will connect you, and many of you know what I'm talking about. He'll connect you with ones within the body that are just your people. You, you just, 
You just enjoy being with them. You look forward to being with them. You expect that there's going to be hope and good to come out of the time together. And, and that's a part of this ecclesia, that we're not islands unto ourselves, but that we, we are connected by his spirit, loyal to Jesus, and, and that, that he, he will in his time and in his way bring forth the spiritual gifts. I just want to sow this out there among you, you know, that, that every one of you who knows Jesus as Savior and Lord, every one of you has at least one spiritual gift, spiritual ability that the Lord by His Spirit will impart to you. It's not a talent. It's not how you would naturally be wired. But it is as the Spirit gives to you, you're yielding to Jesus, Lord, send your spirit and power. He, 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 he imparts gifts. That, that whole, the whole sections in Corinthians where Paul is teaching, and he lists about 17, 18, 19 of these spirit-given abilities that it wasn't just for the seminary graduates. It was the folks, it was the folks who had come to know Jesus. It would be as it, So what is your spiritual gift? What is your spiritual gift? What is that which God has blessed you with that is supernaturally beyond your pay grade? And when it is operating, it blesses in amazing ways. The gift of helps, the gift of prophecy, the gifts, you know, those things. We, we want to work our way through some of that in these weeks, okay? Mm-hmm. Is that it mm-hmm. for today? Introduction concluded. Introduction <laughs> concluded. So, so as we as we as we move into these Wednesday nights, these are the Wednesday nights. You you got a couple options. You can join us live, and we just really have missed. We have missed being able to hug your neck and shake hands and talk to you and catch up with all the COVID craziness that that went on. And but but hopefully that's enough in the rearview mirror that we would be able to do this. Come if you can. Come, come, come if you can get here on Wednesday night. We'll start at 6.30. We're going to open the fellowship hall about 5.30. So, you know, you, you can go buy a Whataburger. You can go, you know, Chick-fil-A and bring, bring something to eat. And the tables will be open. You can do that. And then at 6.30, uh, we're, just, we're going to have some things around the tables and some fellowship, getting to know each other. And then at 7, at 7 on these Wednesdays, we'll look forward to opening the Word together. The streaming will begin. And, uh, and, and we'll go for, for a period of time there. If you can invite some of your people, some that you feel like would, would be this group that's reflective of what we're talking about, and you could host them in your home or, or maybe in your office. You can play this back at any time. But we just, we just feel like that this is something that the Lord's wanting to do. We're not building a building out there that's going to be big enough for everybody to come. All right? It's a launching pad. It's a convenience. It's an opportunity for us to be able to broadcast out and to give them some teaching and encouragement, but, but it's by design not being built so that hundreds, thousands can come here. What we're praying is that what can happen here, the Lord's wanting to do out there where you are, where you are, with brothers and sisters in Jesus who may have never darkened the door of Alamo City, but you're connected by the Spirit and God's using you. I want to clarify that by design wasn't by our design. Mm. The the building was going to be larger, significantly larger, twice as large probably uh, when we started the planning of this and all that. And then then, uh, COVID happened, 
and then metal went up a hundred times or something, the cost of building went yeah. exponentially through the roof. And you're thinking, well, Lord, what in the world were you thinking when you allowed this to happen? But, but this is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our right. eyes it because is. it is forcing it is. us to say, okay, let's lay all our cards on the table. Let, Jesus, we want to believe you to build your church the way you want to do it. We don't want to incur a huge debt that becomes the Lord over this place. And zero debt. There will be no debt or we won't build it. Okay? There so, will be no debt. So we don't have to be competitors right. in this city with other right. churches. We can be completers offering unto the body of Christ what we have to offer but and being able to bless them instead of being afraid, well, we have to have these people all here so they all give so that we can continue this. this Build the system. Keep the system. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you how big this is going to be. It's going to seat about 350. This room seats about 2,500. Okay. So it's going to be, see that row right there? You go back that row, you come to where that breaks off, and it comes across this way, comes across this way, and comes up this aisle right here. That's it. So if you don't like sitting next to somebody, you need to figure out where they might be so you can sit away from them. But we're, we're going to be we're going to be together. Be chairs and be comfortable and all that. But it, the, the goal is not to see how many people we can get here. The goal is how effectively can we get out there. To encourage, to encourage, Amen. to encourage, Amen. okay? Amen. As we say, okay, that, that's enough on that. So we, we, we talked about that the, the building of the church doesn't have to do with the building, and we got one going up out there, you know? So what is that about? It is strictly about convenience because the church was not built, the ecclesia was not built with an architectural plan of what the building needed to look like. And there wasn't even, you can't find in, in the New Testament any indication of how big a church is supposed to be. You, you, you hear indications of the health of the church, but you don't hear indications of how many thousands, hundreds, or dozens in the Lord's hand. Okay. And we bless you. We bless you in the name of the Amen. Lord Jesus Christ for your love for him and your allegiance to him. Mm -hmm. Your allegiance to him. Amen. and your desire to follow him Amen. and to honor him. Uh, it's a privilege to get to serve this congregation. You know, and you're, and, and you're listening to a couple of folks who have been drop-kicked through the goalpost of life by church religious systems because we couldn't play the game. We couldn't play the game. Alamo City was born because we could not play a game. We could, but, but no. no so, so we're not talking to you about theory. We're, we're talking to you about when there we didn't have two paper clips to rub, rub together after we'd been thrown out of a church for, not for adultery and not for stealing, but just because it was, it was too much Jesus. It was too much revival. It was too much out there, and we could care less about the traditions of the church, could care less about the traditions of men. But Lord, what is your heart? That's what we want. That's how Alamo City was born, okay? So we're not talking like a couple of novices. We, we, it has cost us everything, two little baby girls, young girls, 
no job, church business meetings, all that kind of stuff. And some of you who are a part of all of that, the birth, I'm not saying that to, to say, oh, poor us. I'm just saying what, what seemed to be a defeat was the greatest victory that we've ever walked through in many ways. It was a setting of us free, free. So we can say these things in this setting with greater freedom than other pastors would maybe not have the freedom to say. It's true. It's true. The true church is where life is and power flows and where our future is going to be. Amen. Lord, thank you for this time today. Thank you for the time in your word and the words that were spoken. We just pray that you will confirm by your spirit to our hearts what you have wanted us to hear today. Lord, I thank you for the ones who have had the courage to walk out of some religious bondages. And they may not know where they are, but Lord, you're making your presence known to them. Your presence, your presence, your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We're believing that in your timing, you will bring ones into their lives with the same kind of heart, the same kind of encouragement. But the wrapper, the denominational name, the location means absolutely nothing compared to your presence, your presence, your presence. Lord, take us where you want us to be. Awaken, stir up, Lord, the gifts that are in your people by your Spirit, that we may step into the roles that you, you are leading us into as your people in this city across our nation, around the world. In the name that is above every name. Will you, I want you to say his name with me. The name Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. We pray. And all the Lord's people say. Amen. 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 And amen. 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 Those of you in the room, if you'll just stand with us, it's great to see you, blessing to see you. I couldn't stand it, Shirley. I had, while the singing was going, I had to just kind of walk around back through. I got to her hug Barbara McDonald. I hadn't seen her up close in a while, and uh, just a bunch of folks. It's just so good. That's part of what we're looking forward to on Wednesday nights, if you can get here, so we can have some close time, and then we'll go into the teaching part of seven. Prayer partners, if you'll make your way down this way, and if, if you're here this morning and you, you need to be prayed for, there's a, there's a burden we could get under with you in prayer for the Lord's will to be done, His heart to be done. We want to know what that is, and we'd love to pray with you. Pastor Walker at alamocity.org, any prayer request, just a paragraph, how we can be praying with you. Our intercessors are busy and on the job so faithfully to join with us in the in the praying through of those needs. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. If Jesus Christ is, in, is tugging on your heart, inviting you to confess him as your Lord, we want to give you that opportunity Amen. this morning too. You can come forward, uh, come forward to make that confession before one of these prayer partners that you want Jesus in your life Amen. today. Or online, you can just put it in the comments and we'll... we'll search you out. Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. Okay. Bless you. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next time. Come this way if we can pray with you. You're dismissed. Stay as long as you want to. 
in this, in this room if you like. God bless you.